chapter 9, Gospel of John, chapter number 9. And verse 1. John chapter 9 and verse 1. And as Jesus passed by, he saw a man which was blind from his birth. And his disciples asked him, saying, Master, who did sin, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Jesus answered, Neither hath this man sinned nor his parents, but that the works of God should be made manifest in him. Verse 6, When he had thus spoken, he spat on the ground and made clay of the spittle, and he anointed the eyes of the blind man with the clay, and said unto him, Go wash in the pool of Siloam, which is by interpretation sent. He went his way therefore and washed and came seeing. Verse 24, Then again called they the man that was blind, and said unto him, Give God the praise. We know that this man is a sinner. He answered and said, Whether he be a sinner or not, I know not. One thing I know, that whereas I was blind, now I see. Thank you, Jesus. Father, Thank we you, love Jesus. you this morning. We praise you for your word, God. Forever settled in heaven. Lord, like a hammer on the rock, that word will break through every barrier. Lord, anoint it and move on every soul in this building and every heart and mind. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody say? Amen. Amen. Clap your hands to the Lord right now. And you may be seated. I want to preach on the subject, now I see. Now I see. There was a lot of excitement in the house that day as they awaited the new arrival. Amen. Not knowing if it would be a boy or a girl back in those days, it was always a surprise. And finally the moment came, they heard the cry of the new baby boy that came into the family. Oh, they were so happy. They were so excited about this new arrival. Amen. And all the family doted over him. And, and of course, uh, all the extended family and everybody came out of uh, all the surrounding area to come and see the new family member. And then it wasn't too long, though, after you know a few weeks and months that they noticed something different about this little tyke that he seemed to not be able to see. So they went to the doctor, and sure enough, it was confirmed the, the sad reality that he was born blind. Amen. And he, he didn't know any different. And it wasn't until he was old enough to understand and learn how to talk and, and, and uh, talk with others in his family that, that he even understood that he was missing something that, that they had. Amen. But still, until you can see, you don't know that you can see. You don't know what you're missing. Amen. And people would tell him things and tell him what they were looking at. And, and uh, he would try to listen and he would try to imagine and he would try to touch and he would try to use his other senses to make up for that missing sense. And, 
and it still wasn't the same. But, but that's all he knew. He, all he knew was uh, he was born blind and he was going to have to live a little different life and have a little bit more struggles. Amen. And now year after year passed and he became a, a young man, an adult, and, and, uh, and he was about just uh, doing his thing and just scraping up a, a little living for himself and out, in the, out near the town square in the area. And, uh, and, and Jesus came by and, and, his, and his disciples that one day, and they looked at this man and, and they said some statement like, because back then there was a lot of superstition, there was a lot of misconception that if somebody was born with some type of a thing like that, that there must have been God was mad at him or something was whatever. Now, now who sinned, God, Jesus? That it was it his the parents or whatever that this boy was born blind? He said, no, nobody sinned that he was born blind. But in this particular case, he said, this this young man was born blind so that the the glory of God and the majesty of God could be manifest in him. God was going to use him to reach and and just turn that whole area upside down. Amen. And so Jesus proceeded to spit on the ground and he made clay of the spittle, like a, just a little a bit of a wet clay. And he, and he took it and he rubbed it in the young man's eyes. And he said, go down to the town square. Up at the, and, the, and the man knew exactly where to go. And even though he was blind, he knew how to get places. And he goes, go to the pool of Siloam, which was a pool of fresh water fed by an aqueduct back in those days. And go, and as soon as you wash that clay off of your eyes, you're going to be okay. And sure enough, he went. Well, by this time, Jesus moved on. And, and so he never saw Jesus. He only heard his voice. And he went and he washed. And sure enough, he came seeing. And you know, when, when you go from, from, you know, when somebody couldn't see all their life and they can see now, amen, that person even looked different. People said, hey, you look like that, that blind guy that used to be begging over there on the street corner. He goes, I am. I, I'm the one. I, I can see. And boy, it stir. It caused a big stir. And it went all the way up, amen, and to the Pharisees, the religious leaders. And this, this kid was called in before them and said, hey, were you born blind? Yes, I was. And how, how can you see? Well, Jesus, this man, Jesus, he put spittle and clay in my eyes and told me to wash in the pool and that I I'd see. Well, they didn't like that because, it, first of all, it was a Sabbath day and you weren't supposed to do anything on the Sabbath day. You would not even heal people, I guess, even though that's a good thing. And they were all upset about that. And they finally called his parents in and, and said, hey, uh, you know, they wanted to get outside verification. They didn't believe this, this kid was born blind. And he said, hey, is this your son? Yeah, that's our son. And was he born blind? Yes, he was born blind. Well, how does he see? Well, we know he's our son, and we know he was born blind, but we don't know how he sees. You ask him. He's of age. You, you ask him. And as you see, everybody it, it was really nervous about following Jesus at that time of the, uh, uh, in the history of Israel because the Pharisees already kind of put the word out. You join with Jesus, and we're kicking you out of the synagogue. You're going to get kicked out. You're going to get ostracized. We don't want anybody going with this new thing Jesus has got going. And so the parents were a little bit wary. You ask him. He's of Age, and they went back to talking to him and said, look, kid, give us a, you know, we, we know Moses, but where this guy came from, we don't know who where he came from. And then it, it finally they got down to, and this guy just said, look, hey, uh, I just know he, he healed me. That's all I know. Amen. 
And he goes, this man's a sinner. Why don't you give praise to God? And they were calling Jesus a sinner. And he said, hey, I don't know if he's a sinner or what he is. All I know, there's one thing I do know. I was born blind and now I can see. And Jesus was the one that touched me. He's the one that made it possible. And that's all I can tell you, praise God. Now I see. Amen. It's amazing. Amen. If you would go interview someone that was born blind and somehow through healing or through some kind of uh, surgery or technological advance that they got their eyesight later in life, amen, they would be blown away to see images and things that they've heard and touched all these years. And and we, we can't even fathom because we don't understand that because we can see things. Amen. It, it just it opens a whole other world and a whole other life to them. It's so powerful. Amen. I'm telling you, praise God, we need to be able to see. Hallelujah. We need to be able to see things clearly and not be hidden and blinded by things in our lives that would cause us to get off the path to follow the Jesus, the one that healed the blind. Yes, amen. amen. Praise God. You know, Jesus healed many blind people in his ministry. You can read about it, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. Amen. He healed two blind men in Matthew chapter 9 by just touching their eyes. He healed one blind man in Mark chapter 8 by spitting directly in the guy's eyes. He healed blind Bartimaeus in Mark chapter 10 by just telling him he was healed. Didn't even touch him with his hands or spit or anything. And then in our text verse, he healed this man born blind, praise God, by spitting in the ground and taking the clay, that wet clay, and putting it in his eyes and tell him to go wash in the pool. Amen. And he, he came seen for the first time in his life. He was a new man. People didn't even recognize him. Praise God. All of these people that Jesus healed, they had the same condition. They could not see. Amen. And yet Jesus told, uh, chose to heal each of them in a different manner. You know what this tells me? Is that God wants to heal us the way He wants to heal us. He doesn't want to heal us just the way we think He should heal us. Amen. And sometimes I believe that we can short-circuit God by thinking and expecting and only thinking that it's going to happen this way. we got to have faith that God's going to heal us, and that should be the end of it. Amen. We shouldn't try to dissect it and figure it all out. Just say, you know what? I just want to believe... God's a healer, and He's going to heal me. How He does it is His business. Let's not constrict God. Let's not limit God. Let's not put God in a box where He can't do how He wants to do it. Amen. If He wants to spit my eye, go ahead. If He wants to rub clay in my eye, let's do it. If He just wants to touch my eyes, or if He just wants to speak to my eyes, whatever He wants to do, Lord, I believe in divine healing. In 2018, I believe in divine healing. That's why we pray. That's why we lay hands on. That's why we anoint with oil. God still heals people. But He does it His way. Amen. Let's keep an open mind and an open heart and let God be God. The end result will be the same. We'll be healed. Amen. Amen. He might heal us instantaneously or he might heal us in stages. Praise God because he's done it both ways for me. And so you just don't understand how he's going to do it. Amen. Instantaneously where we pray for someone and they, uh, the pain's gone. Whoa, I, I can feel better right now. 
Amen. Or, amen, sometimes it's in stages. We pray, you feel a little bit better. And then tomorrow, you feel a little bit better. And then next week, you feel a little bit better. (laughs) Praise God. Hallelujah. God does it His way. Don't feel bad if it doesn't happen the first time. Don't feel bad if you don't get 100% the first time. Just keep believing. Keep thanking Him. Keep praising Him. Keep praying. Don't quit. In Mark chapter 8, Jesus spit on the blind man's eyes. I already mentioned that. And he asked him after he did that, what do you see? He said, I see men as trees walking around. So he, he kind of, he, he was kind of cloudy. He, he just saw, you know, men like tree trunks walking around. And then Jesus touched his eyes, amen, and then the man saw everything clearly. Praise God. Now, was Jesus not able to heal him the first time? Oh, yes, he was. But he was showing us that God does it each time differently. He might have the exact same symptoms, the exact same problem, and he'll he'll approach it a whole different way. That's why just keep keep an open mind and an open heart and say, Lord, I got a problem, and you're the healer, and how you go from there, that's your business, but I'm going to have faith in you. I'm going to believe that I am going to be healed. Of this thing. Mark chapter 16 verse 18 said. Tell, it tells the believers that we can, they can lay hands on the sick. And they shall recover. You and I are believers in God. If you've got a co-worker at work or a family member. You don't have to wait to come here to have me pray for them. Amen. I'm a believer too. But you're a believer too. Amen. And you've got God living in you too. And so why don't you lay hands on your co-worker right there. At your job or right there. Amen. At home. Your neighbor or whatever. Don't wait for church service. Believers can lay hands on the sick. And what happens? They shall recover. That doesn't mean maybe necessarily instantaneously. But they will recover. The word recover means healing will take place over a period of time. Praise God. So God will start the healing process. Or he'll instantaneously do it. Or he'll do it halfway in between. However he wants to do it, he can do it. The common denominator for all miraculous healing is the person receiving the healing must first have faith and believe that God can and will do it. Amen. Thank you, Jesus. You know, multiple times in the Gospels, Jesus told people that he healed while he was doing it, and shortly right after he did it, your faith has made you whole. Your faith has made you well. Your faith took your pain away. Amen. He gave, he gave credit to their faith. Yes, it's God's power. Yes, without God, we couldn't have it. Amen. Because faith in nothing is nothing. Praise God. But when your faith, it's the key that opens the big lock of healing and power from God. Amen. Your faith has made you whole. That's why you've got to not doubt. You've got to have faith. You've got to keep praying and keep believing and don't give up. I don't care how long you've had the sickness or whatever. Keep believing God. Keep believing God. Amen. You know, the man that was born blind in chapter 9 of John, he said a very interesting statement in, John, in, in verse 32. He said, Since the world began, was it not heard that any man opened the eyes of one that was born blind? You know, when the Bible makes statements like that, I, I like to check on that. So basically what he was saying was, since the world began, there was no recorded history in the Bible of anybody being healed of blindness 
up until Jesus did it. And so that, what that makes me want to do is go to Genesis chapter 1, verse 1, and go all the way through the 39 books of the Old Testament and find where God healed somebody that was blind. And you search, and you'll search until you search in vain, and you'll never find anybody healed of blindness in the Old Testament. Amen. You t- it talks about blindness. It talks about spiritual blindness and physical blindness. It talks about God going to heal the blind, coming up, the Messiah and so forth. But nobody was actually healed of blindness. So that statement, amen, is powerful. Amen. So basically, Jesus, it was, it was reserved for him to heal the first blind person that was born blind. It was reserved for the Messiah. It was a prophetic statement, praise God. In Luke chapter 4, Jesus was in the synagogue and he read a portion of the book of Isaiah to the congregation that day. It was early in his ministry. And verse number 4, verse 18 said, uh, chapter 4, 18, The Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel to the poor. He has sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovering of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised. And verse 21 says, And he begun to say unto them, This day is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. I'm here. That was written about me. Yeah, that was written, you know, hundreds and hundreds of 700 years before Christ was born. The book of Isaiah was written. He said, that was written 700 years ago, but it was written about me. Amen. And I'm going to heal the blind. And I'm going to open, heal the broken. I'm going to open the prison doors. And I'm going to set the captives free. And I'm going to do this. And I'm going to do that. Praise God. So that scripture was reserved for Jesus. And so when Jesus healed that first blind person, that opened up the situation. Amen. So then when the church came on board, amen, in Acts chapter 2, what Jesus did, they can do. Amen. And I believe that we as a church, we can believe and we can pray for someone that was born blind and God can heal them. Amen. God, if God can raise them from the dead, God can heal a blind person. If God can do this, God can do that. Hallelujah. We just got to believe that all things are possible with God. When Jesus spoke about the blind... He was not only speaking about the physically blind. He was speaking about the spiritually blind. The people in spiritual darkness. Amen. Just kind of groping around in life. Thinking they knew but didn't really know. Amen. Jesus in John 9.39 said, For judgment I'm come into this world. But they would see that they would see not might see. And they would see might be made blind. Amen. So like the Pharisees, they thought they saw. They thought they had it all under control. They said this Jesus is is nobody. And we want to go with Abraham. We want to go with Moses. Well, you don't know that Moses spoke of him. Amen. Abraham spoke of him. Praise God. But you, you guys are rejecting. You guys are blind, but you say you see. Amen. And so you guys, can, I can't help you, he said to those guys. But those that, the people that know that they're spiritually blind. And when it comes to that realization, that's for the people that Jesus can help. Hallelujah. Amen. Each and every one of us was born spiritually blind like this man was physically. And 
like that man, amen, we too will not know any other way until we're shown a better way, a clearer way. And many of us sitting here have shown a, be shown a better way. We have experienced a, a clearer way. Our eyes have, amen, been opened. And they need to be opened, amen, for what God has for us. God has a will for us. God has a plan for us, amen. But some people are blind to that plan. They don't understand that. They're going their own way. They're just going their own way. Amen. And the Bible said there's a way that seems right to a man, but the way they're in, the end thereof is a ways of death. We don't want to go what's right from us. We got to go what's right for us by God's standards. Amen. God's got a plan. God's got a will. And we've got to be able to see. We got to be able to see it. Until we acknowledge this and ask for God to heal our spiritual blindness, then we are going to continue to walk in darkness in this world, not really knowing where we're going. Some people, they think they know, but they're not really knowing. There are many things, amen, in this life that contribute to spiritual blindness. And one of them is the enemy of our soul, the devil himself. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 4 said, In whom the God of this world, that's another title of Satan. He was called the God of this world with a little g. Amen. He has blinded the minds of them which believe not, lest the light of the glorious gospel of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine unto them. Amen. So the devil tries to blind, keep people in the dark. Trying to keep people going after everything but Jesus. All these other religions. All these other things. UFOs and this and that and all that stuff. Get everybody all off on all these tangents. And left field, right field and all these weird side roads of, 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 of spirituality that really aren't anything. Amen. But a distraction from getting people to focus and see clearly Jesus Christ. Amen. He's the only thing that's going to get us to heaven. Amen. We can't get there any other way. Hallelujah. If you try to go to heaven without Jesus Christ, amen, you're a thief and a robber, the Bible said. He said, I am the door and I got to go through the door. He said, I am the way and I got to go through the way. No man can come to the Father but by me. So if I don't see Jesus clearly in my life, I got to get my eyes checked, spiritually speaking. Another thing is being caught up in the spirit of this world. The spirit of this world, amen, it's alluring. And, and it's, it's, it's born and it's made for people that are in spiritual blindness and spiritual darkness. It's made for all of us before we came to God. That's what it was. Amen. There's all different kinds of spectrums and levels of it, but it's out there. It's fueled by the, by the enemy. It's fueled just by this, this carnality and unsaved situation. Amen. And that spirit is talked about in 1 John. It said, love not the world. 2.15 of 1 John are neither the things that are in the world. Amen. But we got to... We got to love the Father. The world passes away and the lust thereof, but he or she that does the will of God shall abide forever. Amen. You do the will of God means you're seeing things clearly because you're doing God's will. Revelation 3 talks about this in verse 17. Because thou sayest, I am rich and increased with goods and have need of nothing and knowest not that thou art wretched and miserable and poor and blind and naked. I counsel thee to buy of me gold tried in the fire, that thou mayest be rich, 
and white raiment that thou mayest be clothed. If thou shame of thy nakedness do not appear, and anoint thine eyes with eyes salve that thou mayest see. Amen. So see, some people, they, they go, I, I'm, I'm doing good. Everything's fine. I see just fine. And they're bumping into stuff spiritually. They, they don't see anything fine. They, they, they have one, one outlook of themselves. But when God looks, God says, no, you don't know that you're wretched and miserable, poor, blind, and naked. He said, you got to get fixed up. you got to see you got to get the scales taken off your eyes. you got to get the Holy Spirit eyes salve on you. Amen. So that you can see clearly. Praise God. Amen. It's better than eye drops or anything else you can put in there when you're, when you're having a cloudy vision. you got to have a clear vision. Amen. And that's just one of the things we fight against to try to keep us from Jesus Christ. Another thing is hatred. Amen. Which leads to unforgiveness. Praise God. That will keep us spiritually blind. Amen. 1 John 2.11 said, But he that hateth his brother is in darkness, and walketh in darkness, and knoweth not whether he goeth, because that darkness has blinded his eyes. Amen. We shouldn't be hating anybody, folks. That's worth saying again. We shouldn't hate anybody. Yeah, but you don't know what they did. I know. It's terrible. You don't have to tell me. Amen. You want to hate the devil? Okay, that's the only one you can get away with. You can hate him and still make it and be okay with God. But you can't hate even your enemy. He said, amen. He said, love your enemy. Pray for him. You mean the one that despitefully uses me? Yes. The one that stabs me in the back and smiles at me when, he, when I'm facing me and then I turn around and stab me? Yes. Pray for that one. Amen. Don't even hate him. Praise God, because you don't understand, amen, what, that what's going on in their life. You don't understand that they're in bad trouble with God. They're spiritually blind. They're just going around doing what they've always done. But God is going to deal with them. And so rather, instead of hating them, why don't you have mercy on them? Why don't you feel sorry for them? Why don't you pray for them? Amen. And say, God, this person doesn't even know what they're doing. They are blind. What's going on here? But we don't want to hate anybody, and we don't want to withhold forgiveness for it to anybody. Amen. Because God won't forgive me if I don't forgive somebody. i got to forgive them. It doesn't mean they're right. It just means I'm doing what my part is. Praise God. Even love is blind when it's invested in the wrong person or the wrong thing. And we've heard that. It's an old saying. Love is blind. Amen. And some, so, so many things in life can cause us to have spiritual blindness and spiritual darkness. Amen. But Jesus didn't just come to heal the physically blind. He also came to heal the spiritually blind. Amen. He doesn't just want to be, amen, healing your body, your actual eyes. He wants to heal the eyes of your soul, the eyes of your spirit, the eyes of your heart, so that we can see clearly where we're going. Amen. He wants us to see everything clearly. He wants us to see the truth clearly. He wants us to see the condition of our souls clearly. He wants us to see our lives and the direction they're going in clearly. Are we going off the edge of the cliff or are we on the highway of God? Amen. Are we going down the wrong road and we got some bad things happen, wait for us at the end and we're not seeing it because we're letting these things in our eyes? Or are we just going where we need to go in God? Amen. 
Isaiah 42, 16, God said, I will bring the blind by a way that they knew not. I will lead them in paths that they have not known. I will make darkness light before them and the crooked things straight. These things will I do unto them and not forsake them. Amen. Praise God. Would you stand with me? I once was lost, but now I'm found. I once was in miry clay, but he put me on a rock to stay. I once was blind, but now I see. God wants to hear every single person, not only in this building, but every person in this whole world, say those three words. Now I see. Thank God, now I see. Now I see that I was on my way to hell, and because of Jesus, I'm on my way to heaven. Now I see that Jesus Christ is the almighty God manifest in human form to die for me. Now I see that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life. And there's nobody can come to the Father but by Him and through Him. Now I see I must be born again of water and spirit. Amen. To enter into the kingdom of God. And now I see that God so loved the world that He gave all to save it. Amen. Let that affect our daily lives. Because sometimes the cares of life crowd in and blind us to what we need to focus on. Sometimes the pleasures of life crowd us. Amen. And we focus on the wrong things. Sometimes all kinds of things. Troubles at work and troubles at home and troubles here and there. Amen. They try to put center stage and get our focus on that. And we leave us spiritually blind to where God wants us to go. God's going to help us with all these issues if we keep Him focused. Not in obscurity, but in total clarity, like a laser beam, like a spotlight. Amen. Like the single spotlight on the stage with one person singing a solo. Amen. And all the other lights of the house are off. Amen. That's what we want to be like. Amen. Focusing on Jesus. Amen. Praise God. Praise God. This altar's open. Let's pray. Let's talk to the Lord. Amen. Right now.